Hey, Pernessos, welcome back to the Printavo Pernessos podcast. I'm Bruce from Printavo. We've got Stephen Farragut at Campus Inc. We've got a fun episode here. You know you shouldn't be spending all day cleaning dirty screens. Easyways line of environmentally conscious chemicals will get the job done faster, more efficiently, and cost you a fraction of the cost per screen. Sure Kong's favorite Easyway chemicals to use are probably 701 and 842. And that helps them clean up their dirty screens. If you value a company to help with how-tos, best practices, they sell to over 100 plus distributors. And so um, not only can you get your stuff anywhere, but also they are there to help you be able to really push your shop forward, get more efficient. And best practices, Easyways team is awesome. Um, They're always at the trade shows. They're always super nice and great to hang out with. Give them a try. Do you need a solution to improve efficiency and reduce costs in your art department? Uh, if you go to one nine hundred Hot Stuff, um, you'll find some handsome individuals because Graphic Source offers industry-leading outsource options for your shop by truly becoming a part of your team. They plug and play with Printavo, other shop management softwares. So when it comes to SEPs, mocks, creative art, order management, embroidery, digitizing, back office admin, and customer service, there's no better company in our industry to work with. With over 30 years in the game, they really know and understand shop needs and have a proven track record of success. Supacolor is the world's best heat transfer. It's made for screen printers by screen printers. They understand the pressures and expectations of running a screen printing business. And so that's why they really pride themselves on being super fast and super easy. Uh, we all know Steven's been in a pinch quite a few times, almost daily. And uh, <laughs> even for my little stuff, uh, they are always been there to be able to help. I mean, the support team is incredible. They, they come through. Also, just a super nice team and partner to have in your business. Thanks so much, Supercolor. If you use, is Printavo 15 still running? Yeah, Printavo 15% off your first order. Make sure you use that code. Sweet. Um, I just saw them come out with some kind of reflective or metallic transfer, which is kind of neat. Um, check it out on their socials. Bruce, have you heard of Multicraft underscore daddy? No, but if you open up your Instagram right now, send them a DM. You are entered every single week to get a case of PMI tape. So that is super cool. And he's up to 813 followers. All right. It's a race to get Dave up to 1,000 followers. If you need ink supplies or a daddy multi-craft screen printing and digital supplies for over 50 years, has been providing you with top brands at competitive prices. Mention the Printable podcast and receive an extra 10% off your first order. Um, hit up Dave. Uh, Andy and I use him quite a bit um, for everything, and uh, they're incredible. So thanks so much, Multicraft. All right, let's jump on in. Um, so uh, we are live, and you are in a dope-ass studio. Um, is this the, this new building that you've been working on? Is that the same place? This is my new house, yeah. So this is uh, the basement. I built out kind of like a little bit of a creator space down here for doing like podcasting or, you know, live stream stuff like this. Um, all kinds of stuff happens down here. Bruce, I thought you were complimenting my new <laughs> studio. What do we do to Stevens? <laughs> How do we make his look cool to you? Where, where do you start? I, I just moved into a new place. Um, I have a room dedicated to myself. I have a bunch of stuff I got to put on the wall. Someday, how do you? How do you? Yeah, what? What? What do you do does to make it, your space? Does it need to be dope? dark? Seems like yeah, probably makes it dark. 
the darkness kind of helps a little bit when you have like a big key light on you kind of thing. It just emphasizes you and everything else and makes everything else a little bit darker behind you. Um, one thing that everybody messes up on is they kind of put everything too close to the wall. So like with your desk or anywhere you're going to record from, you almost have to put it in a spot in the room where it doesn't make sense. Like as far away from the wall as you can, almost hmm. like as if you're, your nose is touching the next wall in front of it. That way it creates some depth between you and the stuff behind you. So you get that kind of nice blurred out effect and isolates you and the camera. That's probably the first step. And then getting a nice key light and camera and all that type of stuff. All right, mm. Bruce, Amazon prime me, send it my way. All right. I have a lot of questions, but <laughs> we're not here to talk about that. Um, although yeah, I've, I've, I'm done. I'm done buying uh, equipment and stuff. We're, you were we're, going for a while there. You were texting me, asking me all kinds of questions. You were buying dude. all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, um, <laughs> trying when and now we just use like our camera, like our iPhone as the webcam. So if anybody wants to record stuff, Apple had made it easy to use your phone. Well, kind of easy. I figured it out. Ferry's working on it Certainly. to use your iPhone as the webcam. And it looks pretty good. You know what I mean? It does I mean, a good it's like job. 80% of the way there. Yeah, it does a real good job. I wish I would have known that before I spent what I spent on what's shooting me right now. Um, all right. So Lee, uh, I am sure you saw this article. We talked about it last week and, um, uh, it's, it's from screen printing mag 33 screen printers opine on industry influencers. By the way, is the word opine? What, what is that? Does that mean opinion? I, yeah, I believe so. It's like a short form okay. of opinion or it's a plural of opinion. Old, old wooden ship. No <laughs> the great opine anyway yeah, I'll, the, I'll give the, the quick summary because we talked about it before and and so like we had our, our two cents on it um, but basically the backstory if you hadn't listened to that episode was the good was um there's a fair amount of people that were like i think it's really beneficial to have what we call influencers who focus on education to be successful and the things that you need to be efficient um and he's like i i basically understand that people are, are needing to be entertaining but also to help um and they felt that as long as there's a good foundation around education and helping to uplift others they're down that was kind of the positive sentiment side and then there was the flip side um the flip side had uh i, I kind of summarized it really well in this bottom letter, which I'm sure you read, which was by anonymous equipment supplier, um, which I'm kind of fascinated to know if anyone wants to name names to say who, who they think this was. I, I bet I, it I would take, like you should have, I feel like they should take the three of us, probably it. three or four guesses to figure out who did that. <laughs> it was yeah, Brown. Like Damn it, Brown. <laughs> Basically it was, I believe paid influencers are a joke with a capital J. If you can't actually do it, then you got to become an influencer and pretend that you can do it. And the big joke or big lie or big charade in the space is that the influencers who pretend to not be paid is in fact getting a lot of money to promote a piece of equipment. Um, you should just say that you're being paid, right? And so that came out. We talked about it. You shot me a text. It's like, hey, I'd love to actually just talk about this and I want to share everything possible. And you're like, ask me anything. And here we are. Yeah. So of course, yeah, we, I saw the article. Um, did it feel I, Lee like it was an attack on you? I mean, it's hard not to, because as far as screen printing influencers are concerned right now, I'm kind of at the top of the pile and have been for a while. And so it's, it's impossible for it not to be directed at me in some way. Um, but reading the stuff, I was just like, I don't, I couldn't understand how far out to lunch this particular person was like they expect 
that we're getting paid all this money and all this stuff. And I think they they don't realize how little money there is in the screen printing industry for starters. And uh, and I also I publicly called out this thing too. I, I posted about it and called out Screen Printing Magazine directly, which you know they were a little bit salty about. But I was like, hey man, at the end of the day, you put this out there, you're responsible for it. I was uh, I was more so pissed at the fact that uh, you know someone was able to voice an opinion that was completely off base and not have to put their name behind it that it was completely hmm. anonymous. That was, you know, not, I was not a fan of that. So, writer of The Opine, if you're listening to this, Sack come up. on the pod. <laughs> come on in. Let's, Let's do it. Up, the uh, great Opine. Lee, you, obviously, like, if people haven't seen your YouTube page, there is a special way that you can create content. And there are very few people in our space that could do it as beautifully as you do i mean thank you stuff you put out is wicked right um you also are a pretty good shit stirrer in the industry and you're pretty vocal um and for better or for worse that's you that's lee stewart right um and i'm just curious like i'm just curious how how when you read all that stuff how does it make you feel like you you know the positive the good the bad screen printing shittiest, you know, when people, whatever. How do you feel when you read all that stuff? I mean, screen printing shittiest, that's basically my fan page almost. They post about me on a daily basis, it seems like. So <laughs> good for me. But, uh, you know, that type of stuff, like, I don't know, it kind of sucks to a certain degree because I've, um, I've really put an emphasis on myself to to be myself, to be, you know, authentic. Like there's not an act on camera or anything like that. Like you said, you know, I'm kind of a shit stirrer sometimes. And that's because I just, I am who I am. I'm not going to censor or filter myself for anybody, for any sort of a sponsor or anything like that. Um, I would used to be a professional rider for, you know, 12 years in the freestyle motocross and freestyle snowmobile thing. I've been through that where I was, you know, I had to act a certain way, look a certain way to collect a paycheck and all that type of stuff. And after I was done, I was like, I'm never fucking doing that again. I'm going to be me and whoever wants to support what I'm doing has to get on board with that program or they can beat it. And, uh, so I've, I've put a lot of effort into making sure that me and my, my content are authentic. And when, you know, people are just so far off base thinking that like, this is an act and we're being paid to say this or that kind of thing. That's when I'm like, you know, that, that kind of sucks sometimes. Cause that's clearly not the case. And I mean, you can look back at some of my videos and see that, like, let's put Roundnet for example, Roundnet is by far my biggest supporter and have been since day one. I have gone out in numerous videos saying terrible things about products, <laughs> you know, just because I want to be honest with my fan base about that stuff. And I'll, I'm willing to take that risk of like maybe losing a deal with somebody to make sure that they're getting the right information. Have you gotten stuff and tried it and been like, I just can't share this because it sucks. Um, not yet. I mean like the, the most recent ones were when I was building this new shop up. So I guess to a certain degree, yeah. Like I had, um, a fully custom built one of one manual press made for me by, by Ryanet. And it was beautiful still. It's just, it's the most beautiful press I've ever seen in my life. It's so nice. And once we got down to actually working with it, we found some huge, huge flaws that made that thing literally unusable. And I had to sit on that for months and like, what do I do about this? Cause I'm like, you know, this is, this could be pivotal here to either my audience. If I hide this and don't, don't talk about it, then I'm kind of a bullshitter. Or if I do say it, you know, then Ryanet could get upset and, you know, cut me from the team or whatever the hell. And I was just, I was so torn on what to do. And I eventually decided to, you know what, I'm just going to lay it on the line. This is what happened with this thing. I told everybody why it's not being used and what went wrong with it. Um, 
the audience was extremely accepting to that, obviously, and Ryonet was too. They were like, you know what, that's our bad. Um, we'll figure out a way to make this better, and so on and so forth, and, and they've done that. So it kind of worked out really well in the end, but I mean, dude, it was, it was a tough decision to struggle with for a while. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that for a second. So uh, Ryanet obviously gave that to you, right? Yes. Like, did you have to pay for it? No. Okay, cool. For the record... Lee Stewart did not have to pay for that. Um, they gave it to you for free, and it was defective, and it looked like they tried to like trick it out. I mean, this thing looked like a custom Harley. It was and awesome, printing yeah. press. And so I imagine while trying to customize it, maybe they tried to customize too many things and, you know, whatever. Probably should have gone back to some basics. Yeah, and it was like um, a combination between both of us, really. We kind of like tried to beef up parts without – we kind of over uh, – we beefed up certain parts without overthinking the uh, the other parts that could you know fail behind it, and that was the problem essentially. And and Mr. Riley Hopkins is sitting in his room saying like I told you shouldn't have changed that. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We got to get Riley Hopkins on this, Bruce. But yeah. um, so then it's like okay, I'm supposed to tell fans this works. It's not working, but this company just gave me a really expensive free piece of equipment. How did they take that when you're like, I've got to publicly say something about this? Like, did they, they try to like be like, uh, we'll send you a new one? Like, how, how did that go down? Because no, they were that, great about it. They're they're probably one of the most, and I mean, like, again, the certain people that watch this stuff that are gonna, you know, think I'm full of shit, will take this for what it is. But they are probably one of the most stand up companies when it comes to that type of stuff because that wasn't the only problem. If you watch back on those videos from that year. That, was, that press not working was the least of my concern. They put an auto in my shop that was you know, 100% free and clear, and that thing didn't work either. That was obviously a massive expense that had to, you know, to switch that all around. And I talked publicly about that thing too. But they are easily the most stand-up company I've worked with because I've had companies reach out to me of saying things like, you, know, you can work with us, but you can only say certain things about our product, or we're worried about if you're going to say something bad or things like that. And I just you know, tell them to beat it right away. Ryonet took all that stuff on the chin and immediately just said, like, okay, this is how we're going to make this better. They did not look, that, look at it as if I'm talking about them negatively or anything like that. They were just like, okay, you, you found a problem. We need to figure out how to fix this, not just for you, but for everybody moving forward. And that was awesome to see because a lot of companies will not do that. They'll just kind of, like, take whatever you said about something and just, you know, be like, ah, oh, well, fuck this guy and cut you, and that's the end of it. They were so concerned with the problems that I was having that – they made that like the forefront of their, you know, their team's things to fix. So how does that work? So you talk about like buying or getting a manual press, getting an auto press, having issues, but finally getting it set up and settled. Um, I think there's kind of like this mystic area, like, oh, does Lee get a bunch of cash plus the equipment? And now it's like, you, you here's what you need to say. I mean, you're kind of saying that you say what you want, but at the same time, right? If you do get free equipment, um, you know, do, do you sort of feel indebted to, to like uh, find good things or and then also is there a cash component like a sponsored type of component? Yeah, well, as you're saying, like feeling indebted to finding good things. Absolutely not. I look at everything as non-biased as I can. Like obviously I take this equipment, take these deals or whatever because it benefits my shop in the end. I'd be stupid not to take this. Um, but however, when I work with any of these companies, I tell them I right off the bat, line number one in contracts, I reserve the right to say whatever I want to say, find whatever problems I want to find, and that's it. 
there's no, you don't get to have any input on my videos. You don't get to have any input on what I have to say. Those are the first two things. If people don't like that, they're gone. Um, but yeah, like I, it's hard to quantify some of this stuff sometimes. It's cause there's just, there's so many of it, but like we don't get paid what people think we get paid. That's number one, because a lot of this equipment, like you guys know, it costs a lot of money. <laughs> it's not cheap. Like if someone puts an auto in your shop, do you expect them to, to pay you on top of that? No, because it's a six-figure machine. It's crazy. Right. Um, and the industry just doesn't have that kind of money. Even putting a, a manual in your shop, do you expect to get paid for that? Probably not, because even an entry-level manual, you're looking at, what, like $8,000, $10,000? Like, you take that as your payment. I can't speak for everybody, of course, because there are numerous other influences in the industry. But for myself, I kind of factor in the cost of the equipment versus what the, that company is getting in return. So if it's a cheaper piece of equipment, yes, there might be some monetary value on top of that to, to make it worth my while in the end because I've spent all this time building this audience and it does have a huge impact. Let's, um, I won't name names, but let's say, for, for instance, this is the kind of money that this stuff can generate for a company. It's, it's kind of crazy. One company sent me a piece of equipment. It was worth about, I think it's worth about $2,200, $2,000, somewhere in that range. I made two videos with it. They both got not crazy views, but they both got around like a hundred thousand views. So it's not like a viral video or anything, but I mean like it's, it's a lot. It's, 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 yeah, yeah. Like, you, honey, you, you so. can't get those looks even at a trade show. Like a hundred thousand eyeballs, it, you know. I, yeah, I definitely want to touch on that later. And anyway, so I we, between the two videos, about two hundred thousand views, um, and they sold. Not shitting you because we have a, a transparency type of thing on the back end because uh, we do get one way we do get paid is through affiliate stuff. So some, some deals come with affiliate stuff, some don't. This in particular one did where it's got a back-end and, thing. And that, an affiliate, just so everyone knows, is a link yeah. on your website or your video. And if the conversion goes through that link and checks out, there's a direct track. Exactly. Literally. So like it's the most direct way to track a sale. Yeah. And that's, that's the most common way that we would get paid. That's, it's not common now. That's something that, honestly, I've kind of pioneered for us influencers with companies because I saw it in every other industry and it wasn't happening here. So I've kind of pushed a lot of companies into doing it into pushing them into you know affiliate sale platforms anyways um so we did this these two videos two hundred thousand views and through the back end seeing how much i can see the sales that they're doing off of those two videos alone they did just shy of four hundred thousand dollars in sales for a two thousand dollar piece of equipment that's the kind of power that this stuff has right it's unbelievable so for something like that i straight up yes i took the piece of equipment and instead of getting paid up front, that was actually the first one where we kind of worked out this affiliate structure. And I was like, I, for some reason, I was like, I feel like this is going to do well. Um, because I'd already tried the piece of equipment. I liked it. I liked everything about it. It was awesome. I found zero flaws with it. And it was just like, all right, let's set up an affiliate thing, see if this works out. And sure enough, it worked out quite well. And that's how I got paid for it. Are you able to make more now from making videos, promoting different products you like and things instead of because you talk about running your shop too like the split are, are you able to i guess call it be full-time on being an affiliate uh and influencer if i wanted to i could absolutely do full-time um but that's where people are very confused thinking that that's where the the money comes from it's not even close the shop is where the money comes from it's it's like 20 to 1 difference um the shop is Killing it because one thing that people don't realize about this stuff is like they think we're just influencing to other printers and that type of thing. 
that's not the case. That's probably the smallest percentage of our viewership almost because when you search up screen printing or something like that, like it's not just screen printers looking for that. It's people that are looking to get some shirts printed somewhere, or start a clothing brand or all this other stuff. And they end up finding my videos and it promotes my shop in the end. So we get so much business because of those videos. It's crazy. Like all of our quote forms have a, a little checkbox on there that says, you know, how do you, how'd you find us? 95% or more click because of YouTube. Wow. So when you talk about the customers, the, the sales that you get, from like non-industry are these bulk orders d2c orders sticker packs vector you know like some of the some of the digital assets that you sell everything like, yeah it's a bit of everything so we do sell merch uh, of course we sell you know just shirts stickers all that type of stuff uh, with our our name on them um, we do sell you know digital assets things like that and those do pretty well but yeah for the most part is people making screen printing orders embroidery orders you know bulk type of stuff like a normal print shop produces on a day-to-day -day basis. And so like when you were down for a while, building the new shop, going through the presses, figuring stuff out, I would always see on the thing like, oh, he's not actually printing. He's not actually doing anything in the background. Did you stop for a while in any production or like outsource it? Like, yeah, like, I mean, you obviously outlaid a lot of money to build your new building. Mm -hmm. um, what yeah like how are how are you how are you making it then or like yeah it was talk to us about that. it was a struggle honestly um the shop was down for about a year maybe a little bit over and that was mainly due to the fact of obviously setting everything up and all that but then the two well three main pieces of equipment that run the shop all went down at the same time the auto went down the manual went down and then our my vinyl cutter for the sticker department all went down literally within a week and i was like i was dead in the water <laughs> nothing and i don't i refuse to outsource i just i can't do it I, something about it i just rubs me the wrong way i don't want to put my name on something that i didn't actually make and so i i got by we survived off of you know the youtube revenue um the digital product sales things like that but it's not like what people think like there's just tons of money getting raked in with that stuff it was barely enough to pay the bills and we got by that way and then got the shop up and running, thankfully, and then things got back to normal. But uh, it was tough because I couldn't really make videos during that time with all my equipment down. What could I do? You know, if I was able to make normal videos, we would have done fine. If I was able to make a video every week or whatever, because the shop wasn't down, we would have been just fine. No problems at all. But with all my equipment down, how my how's a screen printer make a screen printing video? You know, it's a, it's impossible. So I couldn't really do anything. And uh, it was it was a tough year, I'll tell you that. But uh, we got through it. And thankfully, we have all those extra revenue streams like, you know, the uh, the digital product stuff, the affiliate stuff, because that stuff all kind of just collected money passively in the background was enough to keep us afloat. All right, real quick, I got to tell you something. This is really interesting. And here's why. We formed a company called Inktavo. You may have heard of it, but it has three different brands right now. Printavo, Inksoft, and Graphics. So we're all sister companies now, a big happy family. What we're able to do is Printavo's managing your shop management and workflow organization. Inksoft can run your website and handle online stores at scale. So running multiple different stores for fundraisers, schools, um, company stores and everything in between. And Graphics Flow is a brand new product to be able to help reduce all the back and forth with art. So it has a huge art library that you can put on your website so customers can see and pluck what they want. Plus, you can also be able to collect different ideas and send them to customers to approve as well. Really, really cool. Plus, in-app editing. It's like Canva, but specifically for shops. All right. Check it out. All those brands are on inktavo.com. That's inktavo.com. All right, thanks. 
That's sharp. I actually think that's a good idea. I mean, just diversifying and I mean, it's kind of passive income, right? Like once you build the asset, uh, you're reselling. It's like classes or um, you talk about the digital stuff or uh, it's pretty smart. I, you must get a lot of inbound though, right? From of, of inquiries about, hey, I want to start a brand. I want to do this or that for orders. Um, yeah, tons. Absolutely tons. That's, that's the most common one is people want to start brands, clothing brands, things like that. They're the ones that generally find me on YouTube the most. And I think it's because of the fact that when they're looking up how to print shirts or how to screen print or things like that, they, right. it's impossible not to find me at this point. And uh, I think that's why it comes in. They're like, oh, this guy's you know, pretty good at what he does. He seems to really care about the quality, whatever it is that draws them to me. And they end up sending in a quote form and nine times out of 10, we make their stuff. Who, do you have like a team that handles that or do you handle that? It's all me right now for the most part like there's it went from being just me for a very long time now there's four of us and about to be five i'm hiring again right now so it's grown significantly especially in the last year since i was able to start the shop back up it was it was almost overnight man going from zero work at all and we lost a ton of clients because we were down for so long we went from that to like a 300 percent increase in business within two months it was absolutely bonkers. And just, from just, <laughs> just from opening the doors. Just from opening the doors, having an auto, faster turnaround times, you know, more capabilities, right. more equipment, things like that. It was it was absolutely crazy. And it's growing like that almost every month, it seems. So like Lee, I'm hearing um, part of your, you know, daily role is to now run a print shop. And then there's this other side that's continuing to be an influencer and serving the audience that you've built, right? Because I think you quickly brushed over having a hundred thousand views. Um, it's hard to find anyone else in our industry that can capture the same audience. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know, Bruce, if you know any or no. And I, and I think what's undervalued in in the whole uh, influencer, but also just video in in general, video and audio more so now, but more more focus on video is just the reach that it gets. I mean, again, if you compare and you think about like your business and where would you put a dollar of marketing into to be able to get the most eyeballs or most clicks or most buys, whatever you're trying to drive the conversion of, um, you can't get a hundred thousand going through an email newsletter plus a trade show, um, plus, you know, ads combined. Like, um, right. there's just not that, you know, everybody's too sparse. There's not like the, some shops are on Instagram, some shops are on Facebook, some shops aren't on the internet really at all. Uh, so it's pretty powerful. Well, when, you, when you think about it, like uh, most people in the industry, most, uh, most companies are putting their money into things like trade shows. So let's say like Impressions Expo and like Printing United are the two big ones, right? right? Mm -hmm. And they do between the two of them, what is it, like four or five shows a year, something like that. Um, what's the biggest one? I think it's Long Beach, I believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that gets roughly 15, 20,000 people through the door, something like that. So let's say... Let's say it's 50,000 people through the door at every single one of them. If you combine every trade show, every magazine, every single thing this industry has to offer that companies are currently spending money on, it doesn't even come close to the numbers that my channel does in one month. So, and they, those companies are having to bank on like, so let's say there's 50,000 people that come through the door. They have to bank on that every single person that comes through that door comes and visits their booth, comes and looks at a product, comes and talks to a salesman. You know, it's not going to happen. Maybe five, 10% of them will do that. Whereas with a video, you're hitting your tar your customer, your target directly. Okay. I think there's something to be said there because if you look at these big equipment manufacturers and there's only a couple of them, they probably have huge marketing. Budgets. I know what some of them have spent on Impressions Expo and it's nuts. Absolutely It's nuts. disgusting. They're million dollar yes, shows, absolutely. right? Like they're million dollar shows. 
what advice would you give to them knowing very well that you are an influencer and you're not really, a, you don't go to trade shows very much, Never right? Never been to one. If they had their same million dollars, what would you tell them to do instead of going to a trade show? If they were going to, let's say, take that marketing budget, not do a trade show and put it somewhere else, I would find someone that, well, an influencer for starters, that's where you want to put that money. Someone good though. There's, there's a lot of people out there who are doing what we're doing. There's very few that can do it on a high level. So obviously if you have a high budget, you want to find someone who can do it at a high level. Um, do it better essentially than your own team is doing. That's, that's what you're looking for. Cause some of us influencers can do that. You know, some of these companies have teams with, you know, marketing budgets and, and video people and all this other stuff. And they're getting slaughtered by, you know, one guy in a basement with a camera, uh, find someone who can do that, put some money behind them, put some equipment behind them, put some trust in them too, because like as soon as you start meddling with their process of like, well, we need you to say this, we need you to say that whatever, it's going to mess up everything. And that's, that's the worst thing they can do because they've spent the time to build a certain level of trust with an audience. And as soon as you start fucking with that, that's going to go out the window. And that's why I do what I do with how I handle sponsors. I do not want that trust. That trust means way more to me than any paycheck, any piece of equipment I could ever get. So if, as long as they could do that with somebody, they will see a huge return on their stuff, a massive. It will, it will come back to them tenfold, easily. And it seems like some of them are, tr are trying to, right? Like, um, uh, it's slowly coming around. A, a couple Anatole did it with Golden Press, right? Yeah, yeah. A couple YouTube channels. Um, gosh, I'm forgetting names. But you, you, you've seen that like when they went from manual to auto, it's like, oh, okay, there's Anatole yep. in there. Um, M and R in there working with, um, Andy at Shurkong. And I, again, I don't know the details of all the deals, but, um, you know, they're trying and bring it on as a channel. Speaking of the filming stuff, I mean, you're the quality that Farrag mentioned before on your channel is like pretty next level stuff. Um, how, what is the behind the scenes like of, of filming one of these videos and, the, all the different shots and, and all this stuff. Cause you know, if anybody's even just tried to record yourself with, with your phone, like you do like 18 takes, then you're like, how do I cut this up? And then you're like, Oh my gosh, I wasn't even like centered in the thing. The audio sucks. Uh, and so there's, there's a lot behind the scenes that happens. Yeah. It's, it's crazy what goes into one of those things. And that's something a lot of people don't really realize. Some do it's, one of the coolest compliments I can get is from the people that comment something like, I don't even screen print and I watch your videos because of what goes into them. And I'm like, yes, that's awesome. Somebody gets it. <laughs> um, Cause like the last thing I want to, like you could, you could be a TLC TV show or on the discovery channel, like orange County choppers. <laughs> I would love yeah. to do something you like that one day. Though, that way you could, yeah, you, could partner, you could like throw a press across the room. <laughs> yeah. Or like, oh, then that type of stuff happens. Um, that's what the, that's the shitty thing about filming by myself. Most of the time is like, certain things get missed of like when real, real mess ups happen or like freakouts or things like that. Obviously I'm not going to have the camera recording that, um, you know, you're not gonna have the foresight to like, I might get real mad at this or I might like, you know, spill this ink or whatever and have the camera recording for it. There's so much stuff that happens that would make it so much more dynamic, so much more interesting that you just don't ever get. Um, and that's something that I really want to do is, is have a filmer full time. And that's something we're working. I actually hired a guy, my, one of my employees, he is, uh, professional photographer and 
right now he's he's mainly like helping me in the shop helping me print because we're just so swamped it's impossible right now so i'm trying to find someone to fill his position so that he can pick up a camera and help me shoot more stuff and then we can get more organic um way more stuff with it but yeah the amount of stuff that goes into it is absolutely nuts and even though i've been doing this for so long like when i record the dialogue even though i know what i want to say i mess up so much all the time it's it's non-stop to, to make a and the videos you make are pretty long to make a five minute video first of all you use like a, a red kimono camera that's a you just held it up it's a twenty five thousand dollar yeah, camera it's pretty serious is that right. really what it's called come on um, just make that up yeah the red kimono oh yeah. shit all right see, kimono, okay. Bruce, wow. don't, don't i know it's called red i don't know kimono Bruce. i thought you yeah. just threw that word out there <laughs> shout out jeff urban uh <laughs> um but uh so you've got a lot of expensive equipment, right? And you're shooting it and you are cutting it and editing it and producing it. How much work goes into a five minute video? I don't know. I wouldn't, I haven't made a five minute video before, so I don't know about that, but typically. Oh, the videos you make are longer typically than that, right? Like anywhere in the range so. of like 15, 20 minutes, roughly. Okay. Um, to make a 15 or 20 minute yeah, video, which feels like half of a Netflix show. Um, it's about. How long does it take it's about you to two do? days usually. So it'll usually take like oh, a full, full day days. of shooting. Wow. Um, yeah, full days. So usually a full day to shoot for the most part. Sometimes they're fast if we're quick about it. Um, let's say like if I'm shooting um, like a product review or something like that, those usually take a little bit longer because I want to make sure I have everything I need. If I'm shooting like just a general shop vlog or something like that, those are definitely a lot faster because I'm kind of just winging it. I'm doing everything on the fly. Um, that's when like anyone who's been in my shop and seen me film a video, it's like they... I don't know. They describe it as like, I just get in this zone and it's like a weird frantic thing. Cause I just run around shooting B roll like at a hundred miles an hour and just get all the shots I need. And they're like, are you sure you got everything you need for that? And I'm just like, yeah, don't worry about it. And then I come back and there's like a hundred usable shots. Cause I've just done this so many times. But, uh, so yeah, sometimes like a full day to shoot, let's say around eight to 10 hours. And then the editing is where that's where the serious time gets put in. I'd say on average for an edit, 10 hours i've had edits go all the way up to 30 plus hours before the editing is where the magic wow. really happens like the more you can put into the editing side the better it gets like you could be the best filmer in the world and it it won't mean nothing if you don't have good editing going on mm. how much have you spent on all it's that interesting oh, yeah <laughs> on equipment? well over Ooh. six figures well over so lee now you have like now tiktok's around and you have influencers behind their iphones that has probably changed the landscape because before that it was really guys that could make really good high quality stuff like yourself. Mm -hmm. Now you can have a 19 year old really good at TikTok become an influencer. How has that changed or what's your perspective on that? I mean, that? I don't really do the TikTok stuff because I just, I can't, I'm set in my ways uh, with how I like to do things with, you know, really planning stuff out, having quality, having all this stuff. So I've never really dabbled in the TikTok thing, or I've done a little bit of real stuff on Instagram, but still, even those are very highly produced, highly edited. Um, it's, it's crazy though. Like the, the fact that someone can just pick up their phone and start producing stuff and build like a, a sizable following. It's pretty awesome. However, I've seen people do it on in the screen printing space because I basically follow everybody that's doing it in there and like they've built followings bigger than mine on, on YouTube, but they're not getting the return for it. And that's, that's the big problem with TikTok because that stuff is like one and done. People forget about you real fast. You're not building community or you're not building like, you know, any sort of relationship with those type of people. They just what like, click, the like click follow and they, um, as in like, well, monetary value dollars? for starter. Um, cause there's no ad dollars on, on TikTok whatsoever, really, um, sponsorship money. 
the industry is just starting to come around to YouTube. So like they're not going to come around to TikTok for a long time. Um, things like that. And of course, like just generally bringing people into your shop too, because most people on TikTok are, are younger people. They don't have money to spend on like ordering a couple hundred shirts or whatever, things like that. They, they can order one shirt maybe. So not seeing a return really on any front with that stuff. Whereas with YouTube, like my audience, the biggest chunk of it is men in the ages of like 25 to 45. They have money to spend. They have businesses. They have things like that. So we see a return on monetary value for, uh, as in bringing in clients in the shop, uh, selling merch, and of course for my sponsors because these are like screen printing shop owners or screen printing shop employees, things like that 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 can bring equipment in and sell stuff for people. And and so like as you were building this, right? Because I think what frustrates me is when I see you know. You get some hate mail for being a jackass sometimes, fine, warranted, whatever. Um, you get some, you know, is he really printing? Fine. I think what gets me the most is people that comment on, um, like, influencing being like a sellout or something like that, yeah. right? Or, uh, like, you don't have credibility um, or, like, influencers can be negative, Right. Um, can you talk about that for a second and how that, how that hits home to you or what triggers that might pull? Um, like what are the ones that maybe cut the deepest? I mean, that one doesn't at all because really every single person that says something like that, if they were presented with the same opportunity would take it like that. You know, it's, they're just mad that it's not them doing it. That's really the only thing. I think also you really like making videos. I mean, I love making videos. Like, I I don't think anybody gets into making videos because there's like, oh, there's got to be a lot of money in here. It's just like a shop. I don't think there's screen printing saying like, I'm going to, I'm going to kill it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. And like, I made videos for the first four years, I think four or five years without making a goddamn dime because it takes forever to build a, a following big enough to where it's actually generating revenue. Like it starts generating, re- generating revenue relatively quick, but I mean, like we're talking, you might get a hundred bucks a month off of YouTube revenue. Like it's nothing that's, you might pay your phone bill. That's about it. Yeah. How, how much revenue overall, when you have that many followers, like, are you able to share what a yeah. hundred thousand views gets you on YouTube in 2020? Uh, absolutely. Um, so it really depends on how active you are. That's the biggest thing. So the more active you are, the more YouTube's going to keep recommending your other videos, things like that. You're not really banking on just like one video doing it for you. You're kind of banking on videos hitting consistently and then people watching your backlog at the same time and just accumulating lots of views over time. Um, but like, yeah, in terms of money is, so let's say for a hundred thousand followers or subscribers, if you were to make videos every single week, um, some people go even as much as twice a week, whatever, it's okay money. Like you could probably make about, I'd say just purely off the YouTube ad revenue alone, um, anywhere in the range of four to $8,000 a month, depending on how well your videos are doing. So if you have one that hits really well and gets like a couple hundred thousand views, obviously you can, you'll be on the higher end of that. But consistency wise, let's say for myself, just the size my channel is now, um, if I was to make four videos a month, one every week, probably about like on average $5,000 a month, purely just the, the ad revenue. So but and that's producing every week. 
Yeah, so it's a lot of work. It's a full-time job. Yeah. Like it's you're not just working so, one or two days. So just cal- calculate that out. If you had to make five, you know, every video is 20 hours, two days, you said. So that's 100 hours um, to make 5,000 yeah. bucks. So it's, it's not easy money <laughs> by any means. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, unless you yeah, love yeah. it, which again, you love it, but it's not like... I love it's it. Not like, uh, uh, cool. Now I'm going to be an influence. And, th- and that's what kind of negates like some of this, you know, comments where it's like, uh, you know, if you fail your shop, then you go be an influence. It's like, yeah. Um, <laughs> none of that math adds <laughs> that up. That wouldn't be the smartest move. <laughs> that's for sure. It's, you have to really no. like what you do. That's for sure. And I'm a video nerd. Like I have no reason to have a red camera or any of this other stuff I do other than the fact that I just love this shit so much. And I like, I like editing. I like just bettering myself at everything I do. Cause I'm highly competitive and I'm, there's no one better to compete with than yourself. So I've always wanted to do better than the last one. And, uh, but yeah, so revenue wise on ad stuff, it's not great. It's pretty good, but it's not amazing. Um, the way it's broken down really is like, cause people think that, you know, that's, what's making all the money. That's the least amount by far. So if we were to go from the least amount to the highest amount, we'd start at the YouTube ad revenue. Um, then we'd go up to probably the merch that would be third on the list or fourth, whatever it is. I think there's yeah four or five things. Um, so yeah, it'd be the merch, things like digital products, selling shirts, things like that. Um, that's hit and miss though. So if you, again, that depends on how well the videos are doing. If they're doing really well, you can generally move a lot of merch, especially if you're like pointing out in that video, like, hey, buy this thing. Then it really helps. But I don't always do that because I, I, I don't like to do that. And these are D to C orders. Like, yeah, these are just like, you know, single shirts, sticker packs, um, you know, vector packs, things like that. And that only happens when I directly point that stuff out. So honestly, I would, I, now that I think about it, I put that below ad revenue because it's not as consistent. So you got that. And then you got the affiliate sales. Of course, that's does really well. Um, I'd say that's next on the list. Sponsorship dollars that kind of comes and goes. So that's, that probably, that would probably a tie with the affiliate stuff. Some stuff is sponsored, which is funny because it's never sponsored by industry companies. That's the thing. Almost never. Yeah. You do like the, uh, courses like, website. Yeah. So um, like Skillshare, things Skillshare, like that. Um, yeah. that's the type of stuff that are, that are advertising my videos. It's almost never industry. I've honestly, I've, yeah, I've never had a paid industry sponsor to this day. Not a single one. Uh, I guess because of just whatever they think, you know, you're tied to this company or whatever, so they can't do it or whatever. I don't know what their deal is with that type of stuff. And I've also never reached out for it either. I don't like doing that. I kind of wait for it to approach me. And then of course the biggest earner by far of them all, it's literally 20 to one is the people that it brings into my shop. That is, that is the biggest thing and biggest reason I continue to do it. Like when, when I don't feel like doing it, I feel like I'm burnt out or whatever, like, cause that does happen that's what kind of keeps me going. Cause I'm like, you know, this is good marketing for the shop. It's going to pay off in the end and whatever. And then it kind of relights the fire. And then I make a cool video. I'm like, Oh sweet. Now I'm back in video mode, back to video nerd status and whatever. But yeah, the it's, it's so valuable what it does for my shop that I can't even put it into words. So Lee, if you were to look at the entire Lee Stewart empire of revenue, right? It's not like you're walking on millions of no, dollars. Absolutely not. If I did, you would know. <laughs> you'd be like i wouldn't be making videos uh, <laughs> yeah i i mean i'd be making videos but they'd be uh, so, a lot cooler <laughs> so do you ever share or have you ever thought to share publicly like how much revenue your shop like i saw some stuff about like 30 orders a week or whatever <laughs> yeah when we were doing when we were doing i want to say like i don't know probably a million bucks we're like 40 to 50 bulk orders a week something like that 
Um, have you ever thought to share publicly like some of your revenue for transparency? Um, yes and no. I mean, I kind of want to at times for the transparency with my audience, um, the ones that you know either think that we're just not printing and we're full of shit, or the ones that think we're rolling in crazy money. There's both sides of the spectrum. So sometimes I want to do that, but the other part of me is like, absolutely not because that's not the only people looking at this stuff. And I don't want to put myself out on front street like that. Like my house is at my shop, all this other stuff. I don't want to, you know, put myself in that position. And, uh, yeah, so I don't really know if I'm ever going to do that or not. I might one day, but, uh, for now I'm kind of just keeping that to myself. But yeah, like you said, like that one dude who's like, you know, that shop can't do more than 30 orders per year or something like that. And I just laughed. I was like, are you serious? Like <laughs> we're doing more than that in a week. It's just ironic. It's ironic because I don't know if it's jealousy. It's what it is. If it's, uh, we're not capable of doing this. We're going to speak, you know, differently about it. Um, then there's, then there's the notion of like, are you qualified? Yeah. And that's the thing. I don't teach anybody anything. That's, that's the real big thing. Like I teach some people stuff from time to time, but one thing I do is if I'm going to make a tutorial about something, I want to know a hundred percent what I'm doing. Like no question whatsoever. I want to make sure I'm dialed on this and there's no debate about it. So that's why I almost never make tutorial videos. I make the odd one. I'd say I've made over the entire span of my career. I don't know, six, seven total. For the most part, I'm just documenting what I'm doing in the shop and people are picking up on stuff that I'm doing and, and using it in their own way. I don't directly say like, do this thing. This is what's going to get you there. I just kind of show whatever I'm, whatever my process is. And like most of the time I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm going to try this. Let's see if it works. And it does sweet. And then people take that as like, you know, solid advice or whatever it is. I don't know, but I'm never like telling people, you know, this is how to do something. Cause I don't want to do that unless I'm a hundred percent on it. So what's, uh, where do things go from here? Right. There's the content side and then the shop side. What do you think? Like I'm now I'm starting to think in the 2024, but, uh, what does all that look like? Yeah. So right now it's been tough to make content. I've been pretty dormant for the past couple of months. Um, I had my signature press come out recently, like I think it was two or three, two months ago, something yeah. like that, yeah, which was huge. That. Thanks so much. That was it's still, I'm baffled that that's even a real thing. Um, and after that, I kind of had to taper off the content a little bit because the shop is picking up so much speed that I have to maintain that right now. I don't have enough people, enough hands that are capable enough to take things off my plate fully. I mean, mm -hmm. I've got guys that I'm slowly working into that position. They're getting there. Um, and slowly it'll be like that where I can just kind of sit back and I can get back to making content and, you know, work on my business, not in my business. Um, and that's what I'm working on right now. That's kind of the goal for this year is to get that happening. And then that I can get back to making content full time. I have currently, I think eight videos shot and another two to shoot this week. And I haven't had time to edit a single one because <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm constantly emailing, working in the shop, whatever. We're in the middle of a rush order apocalypse apparently. And every single big client I have needs something in three days. And, uh, so I've been struggling with that, but that's, that's the biggest thing on my list. And then also we're expanding this, this shop was never meant to be permanent. This was always supposed to be temporary. So the next move is building a bigger, better shop, something that's my vision for what I've always thought this was going to be. So I want to build one of the coolest spectacle type of print shops you've ever seen and also <laughs> build it into like a... for you. Or you just finished this one. <laughs> I did. And we outgrew it before we even started. That's the craziest <laughs> thing. Like within a couple of weeks, it was like, holy shit, we need so much more space. 
Do you wait until you have the cash to do it and then yeah. splurge on it, or do you find? Yeah, it? I mean, we yeah. finance some so stuff. Like, of... obviously, I'm not going to go pay cash on you know a million dollar building or anything like that because I can't do that. But uh, for the most part, yeah, I like to just pay for stuff. I don't, I don't really take business loans. I've never taken a business loan, honestly, until this day. I don't have investors or anything like that. It's just me and doing what I do. Of course, sponsors help out along the way with the equipment, things like that, and that alleviates a lot of pressure off of me. Um, hey, don't shit on Mark Cuban. Absolutely not. Mark, Just kidding. hook it up. <laughs> Mark, if you're listening to this, you're yeah. not listening to this. Um, I'm just kidding. But, uh, okay, can we talk a little bit about your candor with the industry? Um, why you have the choice. Obviously, you're pretty famous, right, in our space and online. Um, and there's, like, some influencers that respond and retaliate and – some that just completely just don't even say a thing to it, but you're pretty feisty, Um, which also means you're putting your reputation on there. Why do you respond versus just, Oh, so you mean like the shit talkers and things like that? Yeah. So yeah, honestly, because I enjoy it. It's (laughs) number one. I enjoy it so much. I've yet to have one of those like conversations or, you know, comment battles, whatever we want to call them, where I've come out on the losing end of it. I've nine times out of 10, the people that do that kind of stuff aren't very intelligent. So it's pretty easy to, you know, put them in their place. And I don't like to, you know, those are the type of people that feel like if they said it once and didn't get anything, they can just keep doing it to everybody else. And I'm like, no, I'm going to, I don't like people like that. I stand up for myself. You know, if this was real life, it would go a whole lot differently, but behind a keyboard, all I can do is just say what I can say. Um, so I like to respond just simply because I don't like people getting away with that type of stuff. I was brought up in a small town where if you stepped out of line or said something like that, you got punched in the face and I can't do that. So I'm going to have to obviously use my keyboard instead. So (laughs) I do that. And, uh, just, you know, for the smaller people, because then those people like start at my videos and they trickle down to the smaller ones and the smaller ones might not take it as well as I do. So it's like kind of like putting a, a shield between me and them. Maybe if I put this asshole in their place, they're going to stop there. And plus, it's it's great content because whenever I post the screenshots, everybody loves them. They think it's the funniest thing in the world because usually those retorts are pretty hilarious. You got to admit. Where 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 are these? Are these on like your Instagram or where are these posted? I mean, you just you just yeah. you just respond like you'll every you're single one of them. I'll just get, get into it. it. I'm happy uh, to do it. I'll, like my girlfriend will yeah. sit there and she knows I mean, exactly what I'm doing when it's like, happening because I'm just sitting there. <laughs> Come yeah, she'll right be sitting beside me. me and I just get this yeah. like, you know, maniacal giggle going on and she's like, you're responding to comments right now, aren't you? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> do any of them, you read everything, do any of them actually get to you and hurt? No, never. Not once. The only one that kind of like, it didn't really hurt, but it was like, you know, kind of sucked a little bit was that one that you're talking about. And I'm going to straight up say the name. I don't know. You might have to beat me up, but it was that shirt agency dude that called me out on the thing. I, before I started screen printing, I watch nothing but screen printing content every day for like a year. Like Ryan Moore was on my TV every single day and like every other video I could find. And I remember finding this guy in other videos and he did some stuff like Ryonet and Bella Canvas, things like that. And I was like, oh, this guy's got a really cool shop and whatever. And um, really respected what he was doing. I kind of, I followed along for years and thought it was really awesome. And then to see that comment come out out of nowhere, unprovoked, I've never talked to this person in my life. I was like, oh, that kind of fucking sucks. Um, And then of course, you know, that lasted for about five seconds. Then my brain switched into attack mode and did what it did (laughs) (laughs) and and whatever. But uh, they almost, you you can't let it affect you. Especially at my level, like, because it happens literally every single day. Like we've talked about Facebook groups that do this literally all day, every day. That's uh, 
I'm one of the most popular topics in there. If it got to me, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. You know, it, it would affect me mentally. It affect my work It affect all this stuff. So you have to like, just take that stuff for what it is and just like, let it go and, uh, and continue moving. I use it personally as fuel for the fire. The more they're talking, the more motivated, the more driven I get. Cause I'm just like, you know what, if they hate me now because I'm doing this well, just wait until a year from now. I get, I don't like it when in the Printavo Facebook group, people bash me and Bruce. <laughs> yeah. And they just say, we're like, yeah, I just saw one and I was just like, damn, that kind of hurt. You know, you, know, you know, the interesting thing though I find is like, uh, the keyboard side versus like seeing people in person in, in trade shows or calling oh, is so 180. <laughs> um, it's yeah. like people like, and I find people are just genuinely very nice. And I, maybe it's just like the group mentality of like the internet. But, um, when I do chat, the, it, it's like, it's like, it's, Oh yeah. I mean, I hang out with you. Like it, why? Like you just text me or, you know, or reach out yeah. or. It's so funny at trade shows, Bruce, because I'll see the warriors in the Facebook groups. And then when they come see you and they like get the Bruce glow and they're like, oh, hey. <laughs> um, and you're like, I fucking saw your comment, but I'm still going to be nice to you. And then they just like flip. Right. Um, Lee, have you ever you don't go yeah, to shows, to conferences? Yeah. When are uh would cool you think you would have like need security out back? Absolutely not. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like like you said, ninety nine point nine percent of those people that say this stuff are never going to say that to your face. Not a chance. They're not even gonna like give you any kind of attitude. They'll be like, "Oh, hey, how's it going?" or whatever, because they just they're not those type of people. The type of people who are like the real tough guys that would do something in real life don't talk about it on the internet. So the people that are talking about it nine times out of ten ain't gonna do shit. Um, so yeah, trade shows and stuff. I would not be worried whatsoever while I was there. And one well, day I'll you, start would... making it to them. Oh, okay. But yeah, uh, yeah like I'd I'd like know. to uh... a lot. Just right now, it's you know, like I said, I'm stuck. I'm working in my business, not on my business. So it's hard for me to step away currently, just because I don't have anyone who can take my place. I'm the printer right now, and there's nobody else that can fulfill that role. And uh, you know, I'm kind of stuck currently. But once I can get that sorted out, I want to start doing more stuff like that because I want to. I want to get to these places and, and meet, you know, fans of the channel, meet some of the people I've worked with for years that I've never met in real life. Some of my sponsors and things like that, like Ryonet, been working with them for four years, never met a single person there in real life. It's absurd. <laughs> so eventually I'd like to start getting out and, and meeting people, things like that. But yeah, I got to make sure, you know, the business can run without me. That's my big concern. I think you should come to them because I think you're going to see people it's pretty cool to see ryan at a trade show and just kind of watch and see like people that come up and just like thank him like it's so cool you know it'll happen with bruce a bunch um but those are we need more of those moments because i think i, I was kind of just doing a little you know digging beforehand and i just started reading your youtube comments and like people just are so grateful like i'm curious to know if you think about all the positive comments you've gotten or help businesses you've started like can you quantify how many people you've helped jump start their printing business not even a little bit like it's it's crazy to see because i'm to like i one thing that i make sure to do is i respond to like every single comment that comes in i don't want to be one of those influencers that just all these people like pouring out you know affection for someone in the comments and they don't respond to it they don't even read it because that's like 90 percent of youtubers and i i'll go and watch like a channel and i'll see all these people leaving this positive stuff and they just like ignore it all and i'm like 
that kind of sucks. So I always make sure to take the time for everybody. And yeah, I read every single one of those comments and I don't even know, like we six figures, number of people that have gotten something out of one of those videos where they've like said, thank you. You've helped me with this, or you've, you know, helped me get into the print business or whatever it is. Um, it's, it's a massive, massive number. And it's like, it's the coolest thing ever. That's, you know, that's better than the payments half the time, really. Like when you get that, that feeling that like you really help someone or whatever, they tell you a story, like, you know, I was here and then I watched this, this, and this, and now I'm here. That's the coolest thing in the world. That's, that's, that's amazing. And now I'm starting to get that with the people, you know, buying my signature press. Cause I have one-on-one -on -one meetings with everybody. It comes with part of the package, right? Um, where I do a one-on-one -on -one coaching thing on how they can, you know, better use that press or whatever. Cause it's mostly people who are just starting businesses getting it. So I try and jumpstart them a little bit and, I get to see the direct reaction, direct response with those. And it's, it is the best feeling ever. So like, I can't imagine how Ryan feels when he goes to a trade show because like everybody has watched him do something yeah. at some point. Him it's or, uh, their journey. And like me included, I haven't seen him, but yeah, the two of them are legends. They paved the way for it's people crazy. like me without them. We don't exist. And, uh, both of them Pre have helped YouTube me in era. such huge ways. It's funny. Uh, Early on in Printavo, Bruce and I co-authored a book. Oh yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a gem. Uh, and then we like brought it to trade shows, right? And that was Printavo's marketing. And our best friend Adam actually like ghost wrote it because Bruce and I can't write for <laughs> shit. And um, it's an interesting edition, V one. But like people would come up and be like, "Can you guys sign this?" And I think it was my wife or Bruce, like or such, like. Did they just ask you to fucking sign that book? Like, and you're just like, yeah, I don't know. Like they, they, they said that helped them. I don't freaking know, but there is something to be like rewarded. Like it is a very rewarding feeling to pay it forward or to help people out, even in the slightest way. Um, and I think like people listening to this should recognize the value of that, that, you know, Lee Stewart is much more than a screen printer and a video guy, right? The same way that Ryan has helped countless individuals start companies um and i think a lot of companies can use that other equipment manufacturers in the opine can maybe look at that and say like huh maybe there's a trend there well yeah like look something. back at ryanets they're the best example of this is that business got to where it is because of what ryan did on youtube hands down i mean of course they have like amazing customer service all this other stuff that makes them who they are but no one would know about any of that if it wasn't for the YouTube side of things. All those videos that he made for 10, 12 years, whatever it was, like a ridiculous long time, you know, starting off making videos in his garage and then eventually this little shop and then a bigger warehouse and so on and so forth. Like I watched almost, I think every single video that they produced, I got to see the whole journey from start to finish. And it's, it's incredible, man. And it's so powerful that what this stuff can do. And that was pre-influencer days. Like, <laughs> so imagine nowadays what it could do. I appreciate you coming on, Lee. I, I think this is pretty insightful. I, I, my conclusion is just I think it's awesome when people, um, it could be content, it could be equipment, engineering, running a business, just are pushing the limits by doing something out of the norm um, and are able to like do that but for a long period of time to really change the space. Because I think when you fast forward years ahead and you look back and to be like, wow, you know, that, that was a big, that was helpful. 
you know, that, that put us in a new category, whether it was liked or not liked. And honestly, I think the majority of your stuff is liked. I just think that there's like a couple, you know, folks where we tend to uh, like emphasize the negativity more because it, it's, it's, it just sticks more. It's just like news and headlines and everything. But anyway, I do appreciate you, you pushing the space forward and making the content and, and just like being transparent here as well with all this. Absolutely. Yeah. And as, as we all know with this industry, there's no one right way to do anything. And that's, that's really the key thing to think about here. So there, there's going to be influencers to do what things one way, one things that do another. And that's, they're going to find the right audience. That's going to like what this person's doing, like what that person's doing and whatever. And it's the same way in all the other shops around the world that aren't doing this type of stuff. We're just putting it out there in the forefront for people to see. That's the big difference. Look, pronouncers, we appreciate you for joining on another episode. We are dropping things every week or as many every weeks as we possibly can. <laughs> uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully that was informative. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to hit the bell for notifications if you enjoyed this video. If you enjoy all the stuff we're putting out, it's really helpful. We love to just be able to see it. That means that we're doing a good job. To subscribe, hit the bell for notifications and hit the like button. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.